0: I'm not surprised motherfuckers. That is Ethan. After I screw up the intro every single time, this episode is brought to you by Fisher skis. And we have a great episode for you today. Uh, Hannah is on the show. We talk about being a Red Bull athlete. Uh, we talk about how good of a skier she is, uh, how ridiculous it is that she's only been mountain biking for a few years and is at the very top of the sport. Uh, her role at transition what working there is like the whole crew uh we also talk about red bull formation which she's at i don't have ended by the time this comes out but she was at during this ad read or intro whatever we call this thing uh yeah hannah's great i am super psyched that she take took the time out to come and hang so uh that episode in a few, a uh, couple things. We have sponsors, we have partners, we have people that we like to tell you about. And uh, first one is Rumple. I'm rumpled up right now. Um, <laughs> Rumple has been one of my favorite companies to work with so far. They make amazing products uh, like the original Puffy Blanket. I actually have that geo color normally. I'm currently rocking the Easy Rider. Um, but the Geo is my favorite. Uh, these towels, I cannot tell you the everywhere towels, I cannot tell you enough about. Uh, they're amazing, they last you forever. They just feel good. They're like microfibery feel. I have that cosmic soul one and it's fire. Um, so yeah, go get yourself some rumple and you can do it at 25% off through the month of May. Uh, so go do that. It's the biggest deal they have all year. Get a beer blanket, get a merino puffy. Get a dog bed. Get whatever you want. Just go to rumple.com and 25% off on your purchase. Uh, Next, we have Muir Energy. Muir Energy is this stuff right here. Um, They're great. It's nutrition for athletes, for people that like to spend time in the outdoors, for people that want something good for their body, but they need a jolt of energy and they need some... Something sustainable. Um, these things are 100 calories. Some ASMR for you. Um, 100 calories. Strawberry, lemon, cash, cacao, almond, cashew, vanilla, monte, cashew, vanilla, cashew, lemon. We like cashews around here. Um, blueberry, bergamo. I still don't know if that's right. Uh, and then they also have hydration mixes and a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm gonna try this. Have you tried this yet, Ethan? You have this out. Live. Strawberry's fucking good. I don't, like, I don't know about the other ones. I don't know about cashew vanilla monte, what that would taste like, but strawberry is very good. How, how much caffeine is in this? Oh, I don't know. Either way. Um, <laughs> Mirror Energy, promo code is out of bounds. Save yourself 10% off on your purchase at mirrorenergy.com. Go do that now. Uh, on to the next. Are you sick of this yet? Yeah. Are you sick of ad reads? Because you shouldn't be. Because they're they're great, and I like. I'm having fun doing ad reads. Come on. Um, <clears throat> woodchuck has been a long term partner of ours. Uh, I'm a big fan. They make. Actually, hang on, real quick. I was voted the number one mimosa woodchuck fan by. Well, by no one important actually, but by I was voted that., <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, that stuff is so good. Try it out. They have all kinds of new flavors. They're based in Vermont. They also have this Granny Smith that's really good. Um, they have whatever the, they pear secco, rose, uh, sangria, raspberry pear, Amber is the original one. Uh, the blueberry one is good. Uh, my favorite thing that they have going right now is the brunch boxes and they are amazing. Like they have everything you want, uh, all in one little kit. So check that stuff out. Uh, go to www.woodchuck.com, um, and check out what they have to offer and then visit them, visit them in Vermont. Um, and that's that. So, uh, leave a review on the internets on apple podcasts on spotify um and obviously subscribe to the youtube if you're not here already this is uh, a primary component of the show um i'm enjoying it it is by far my favorite way to do this is either this or in person um but yeah follow subscribe like blah 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 there may be hoodies left so if there's hoodies left go get them uh have a wonderful tuesday and here without further ado is Hannah Bergman. Perfect. Hannah, tell people who you are, tell them a little bit about yourself, and then we can kind of get this thing rolling.
1: Okay. Uh, my name is Hannah Bergman. I am a free ride mountain biker, and I am currently living in Bellingham, Washington.
0: Cool. Um, how'd you get into mountain biking? Kind of talk to me about that, um, and then kind of talk to me how it's progressed over the past few years.
1: Okay. Um, let's see. So I got into mountain biking. I grew up in. Hood River, Oregon, and was really into skiing. And um, when I was in high school, my dad kind of started getting into mountain biking. And so I was interested in it. And he gave me one of his um, old hand-me-down frames, mountain bike frames, so that we could ride together. Um, So we started going on rides together, and I started getting really into it. And then when I moved to Bellingham, washington to go to university um i sort of became more immersed in the mountain bike scene up here there's quite a big community of riders here um and got a a job in a bike shop and then that kind of sealed the deal and i was pretty obsessed with mountain biking from then on and that was about six years ago it's only
0: been six years
1: um since i like caught the bug yeah that's
0: fucking crazy that it's only been like, and you're like at pretty much the top of the game right now. And that's, uh, it's been six years. I'm like, I actually, in my head, I guess I knew that, but I didn't think that it had only, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to think about when you put it all in perspective. Did you see yourself kind of getting to this level? Did you like, was this a goal of yours? Like once you, do you find yourself to be that kind of person that once you kind of set your, you know, set your sights on something, you're, you're attached to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, my other experience was with skiing, and um, when I was in high school, I was really into freestyle skiing, so like park jumps and rails. And when I got into it, I got really into it, like spending as much time as possible doing doing it. And kind of the same happened to me with mountain biking. Um, like I I got into um, I got into it and was spending basically any spare minute that I had out on my bike and. Like when I wasn't studying or working, I was riding. And so that helped with some rapid progression. Yeah. Um, Yeah. How,
0: how does, like, how do you balance all of this stuff? Like you work at transition in marketing (laughs) and you're like, you have a job, you're balancing being a professional mountain biker. We just talked a minute ago about how much you're traveling. Like, how do you make time for life things and also (laughs) balance like a job and a career?
1: Yeah, it, it's a lot, but luckily a lot of those things sort of mesh well together. So like my job here at Transition, <clears throat> which I've, I've started working here in 2020 um, as like a marketing role and then I'm also as an athlete. So they're kind of, it's kind of like a dual role and it complements itself really well. So a lot of the things I do for marketing also help me as an athlete and vice versa. Um, so, and Transition is super supportive of me doing both things and so they they give me the time off that I need to go travel and do these events they also provide me with support that I wouldn't get as just an athlete so like being an employee helps me um it just work more directly with the brand and learn a lot of things that I wouldn't learn on my own and um get to do all sorts of pro- cool projects and stuff so it goes um hand in hand really well
0: yeah what what is it about transition like it seems like they're, like you guys are a family. Like It seems like a crew of people that really get each other and the vibe has always been good. And honestly, the content that comes out of transition is really fun and it's always, it's got a really positive vibe to it. And I mean, and honestly, the bikes obviously rip, but what is it about the culture there that makes it so special?
1: Yeah, I think the one of the key ingredients is that all the folks here are just super passionate about riding and bikes. And um, I think that's a pretty important um, key to that culture, like you mentioned, um, so like, that was something that I was really passionate about. Is just riding as much as I can, and all the folks here quite um, are definitely on the same page. Yeah, um, yeah, and they just are stoked to do really cool things in the bike world. Like all of our marketing is just like doing cool projects, making um, media as fun as we can, and yeah, it's a really good time.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I, I guess you don't see that very often. I don't think like not a lot of companies put out the vibe that Mm -hmm. transition does. And I think that's a very, I don't know. It seems, it seems right. It feels right for the brand. It feels right to like what they've always put out.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that all the folks here sort of live and breathe the, the vibe that they market. It's not, something that they fabricate it's really natural and just kind of who they are as people if that makes sense
0: yeah no it totally makes sense um what is it about Bellingham that makes that area like that area has such a mm-hmm. core mountain biking culture and a ski culture too but what why Bellingham I mean because to somebody I'm from New England we're in New England now and like I mm-hmm think if you just told someone randomly, like, oh, places that skiing and mountain biking are big, I don't think Bellingham, Washington would be one of the places that came to the top of people's minds, like everybody just goes Colorado, uh, California, like these kind of places. So what is it about Bellingham?
1: Yeah, there's a few things, like, it's called the city of subdued excitement, so the nickname coming from just people being, like, low-key, really hardcore, you know, like, they're not really (laughs) bragging about how cool they are, but they're pretty cool like they're really really passionate about what they do and they you know put all their energy into it and um i think that that description is accurate of bellingham as a a community for the most part like um, and it's got a lot of influence from like the north vancouver area like we're pretty close to north van and squamish and whistler like we're only an hour's drive to like the north shore so i think that has played a lot of influence on the riding culture here like it's um yeah it's like a lot of the trails are pretty gnarly and steep and there's a pretty strong community of people that are passionate builders and like building new trails and so yeah there's just this really um yeah strong core culture here that is pretty low-key to some extent
0: yeah what what's the local ski resort like what's the closest ski resort to you uh mount baker oh sick okay cool so like i mean that's again, kind of pretty indicative of like the type of terrain <laughs> that's out there. Like Baker's the shit. I guess I don't like in my head, I don't put those two things side by side, but that makes, makes a ton of sense. Is that where yeah, you grew up skiing? Just,
1: yeah. yeah. Oh awesome. no, I grew up skiing in at Mount hood.
0: Okay, cool. Sick. Yeah. So like, I, I, you
1: know,
0: how, how much time do you spend on skis versus on the bike now? I mean, obviously the career is focused in bike, but, I feel like I just watched a clip on Instagram like a few weeks ago of you <laughs> fucking shredding, sh- shredding street stuff, and I'm just like, how? I, it doesn't make sense to my brain that you're doing both of these things at such a high level.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and mean, all the ski stuff was just from all the time I spent in high school doing rails and in um, and park stuff. But yeah, we don't get a ton of snow in Bellingham. It's like we'll get maybe a few inches here and there in the winter, but this year we actually had like a proper storm where it snowed like a foot in town. So we took advantage (laughs) of that to do some urban skiing, but Mount Baker actually gets a ton of snow in the winter. It's usually like wet and warm. We'll get like tons of precip, but it's always like right at 32 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's usually like, it's called like cascade concrete.
0: Yeah. It's like cement. (laughs)
1: Like cement. Yeah. But they do get a ton of snow. So we usually have a pretty, good winter and i'll just try and ski as much as i can in the winter to take a little break from the mountain biking and reset for the season but usually mountain biking becomes priority like around this time and like when the weather gets good in town i'm trying to be on my bike as much as possible and be ready for the season be feeling confident
0: yeah so i guess i kind of want to go back to the like the getting into mountain biking thing and like really getting into mountain biking thing what (laughs) Because so many people got new bikes last year. So many people got into mountain biking last year or the year before. And it, I guess so many people are going to be looking to progress. How, what made the difference for you? Like taking it to that next level. I mean, obviously beyond just being absolutely obsessed with it, was there like, was there a thing that made you be like, okay, like what, what clicked in your head to make that happen?
1: Oh uh, yeah. I think it was a variety of factors. Like, um, big one, like, being, it's really accessible here in, in Bellingham. Like we're pretty close to a lot of trails. Um, so like just being, it, having that opportunity to spend so much time doing the thing, it made me get good at it faster. So yeah, it's accessible to get on to trails, like from most places in town. There's a really strong community of riders here. So I had tons of people to ride with and people to look up to, to like help me with my progression. Like I always had people like encouraging me to try a new feature or like giving me advice and um, working in the bike shop helped with that as well. Like just fully immersed in the mountain biking culture, working in the shop. Um, And then I also started doing enduro races like in the summer, um, just as an outlet to be competitive and ride new places and meet new people. Um, And racing really helped me like hone in on my skills and progress quickly because, um, yeah, when you're kind of put under the clock, put on the clock or, um, you know, you have like a goal in your head for something you want to be better at, like you are more motivated to progress.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, that shit doesn't scare you like that. Like it didn't scare you. I guess that's, that's the hurdle (laughs) that people have to get over. I guess in the beginning is, trying to make it all click and trying to get over that initial hump of like, this shit is scary, right? Like, did you have that? Did you not have that? How did you get over that?
1: I think I like from the skiing background was just like pretty good at pushing through the mental side of things or like had experience with learning a new skill and like how to, um, to think about it in my brain that it made sense and that I could yeah. Take on those new challenges as a learning something.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you have any advice for people who are kind of getting into like getting into the sport? I mean, like I said, there's a ton of new people that are getting mm-hmm. into it and trying to progress. And I think especially on the women's side of things, like we've seen, mm-hmm. I own a shop, I run a shop and like, we've seen more women than ever buy new mountain bikes. Right. And buy like pretty legit bikes too, not just buy like an entry level mountain bike. Like people are actually starting to really give a shit about the sport. So mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people getting into it?
1: Um, I feel like um, the advice I like to give to folks is try and set yourself up to have the most fun as possible. Because when you're just like having a really good time, when you have a good group of friends and you have, you know, your equipment um, helping you, like setting you up for success, you'll be more motivated to spend more time doing the thing so yeah just like try and just have as much fun while you're learning and like not take yourself too seriously because i think that's um i've found in the past that's helped motivate me is when i'm just having a good time i tend to like just naturally learn things quickly
0: yeah yeah it's it's it seems like that's one of the hurdles, I think, that is kind of being knocked down, especially if you pay attention on social media a lot. It's like people are highlighting their failures more and more. And I mm-hmm. think that that's really cool. And actually, you posted a fucking highlight, a ridiculous <laughs> highlight reel of you just eating shit over and over and over again on huge stuff. But it's, yeah. it, I think more of that stuff needs to be out there where people could just laugh at themselves and be like... Fuck, that was rough like
1: yeah 100 when you're whenever every time you fail like that's really where you learn like that's how you you learn quickly is by like having those failures and being okay with with it with them and accepting that you're gonna fail and fall and crash and all that stuff once you're um accepting of that then you can progress much more quickly
0: yeah um Yeah. And that's funny. One of the questions when I put out that you were coming on the show, one of the questions that somebody asked was like, does it hurt? Like, (laughs) does it hurt when you fall like that? Do you not care? Does it hurt? What's, what's the deal? So I guess for this person, does it hurt?
1: Yeah, it it hurts for sure. I have (laughs) bruises all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sore and I, you definitely have to spend some time, like as a professional, I spend a lot of time trying to take care of my body, like putting in work in the gym and, um, getting a um, massage if I need it or like taking a rest day is really important and like knowing learning how to listen to your what your body needs but yeah definitely you end up with some bruises <laughs> and soreness and broken bones occasionally but oh
0: god is, has yeah. there been like a highlight injury for you like something that you were like okay this is this is bad
1: um, I broke my humerus in 2020 um, which was pretty gnarly like Uh, I had to get surgery and get a plate put in, and that was, like, two months off the bike. Um, And that was probably, like, the gnarliest one I've had. Another one I had in 2020, I broke my hand, but it was a big bummer because it was on, like, a blue flow trail, and I was just, like, messing around. And then wiped out, Um, like, right as the pandemic was kind of... (laughs) getting into peak uncertainty and people right. were pretty, you know, nervous about like going to hospitals and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm just going to take a chill and ride some blue trails and then ended up <laughs> cracking and breaking my hand. hands about that. But
0: yeah, the worst. Um, so one of the things I kind of wanted to talk to you about is being a Red Bull athlete. Like people always talk about the support that you get, like what, like the mm-hmm. experience being so great. What has your experience been like working with Red Bull and how did that come about?
1: Yeah, it's been really cool. It's like definitely not something I would have ever thought I would be able to say as a sponsored Red Bull athlete. Cause it's kind of like considered to be one of the a pretty big honor, like as a, an action sports athlete to be have that Red Bull helmet. And yeah, I'm really stoked to get to work with them. Um, and it kind of started at the first year in Formation, um, which is an event, a women's free ride event down in Virgin Utah, which is where a Rampage takes place we had the first year in 2019 and I got invited as one of the athletes and got to go ride some super gnarly fun lines down there. And um, that was kind of when they first noticed me and I first started communicating with, with them. And then throughout 2020, we just continued chatting. And then eventually I got signed on officially got a helmet in August of 2020.
0: Sick. Yeah. That's what, so, how has it been so far?
1: It's been awesome. They've given me a ton of support. They um, helped me host my own event here in Bellingham, which was super rad. Um, they, yeah, they're anything that you, any ideas you have, like for videos, projects, you, they're stoked to help you out. And um, it's a, yeah, they're a really cool sponsor to have.
0: Yeah, I'd imagine so. That's like one of the ones that are the most coveted, like even since <laughs> I mean, I don't know, a decade ago, it was like, you get the Red Bull hat, you get the Red Bull helmet, like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. means you're, you're in like, that's the one where it's, yeah, it still has that level of exclusivity. That's, that's cool. Right. Mm -hmm. I think like, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's funny because monster did it for a little while too, where they were like, oh yeah, like nobody gets it. And then they just fell off. And I think you've watched those two brands split so hard where Red Bull is like the cool brand that actually wants to support their athletes and like be a big part, not to shit talk monster, but like, (laughs) but like Red Bull's doing things the right way, especially in action sports. Like they're kind of putting their money where their mouth is and they're, they're getting behind athletes in a way that not many other brands are.
1: Yeah. It does seem like they have a a unique approach um, to supporting their athletes and they definitely try and put their athletes first and listen to what they want to do and help support whatever
0: the athlete wants and I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about formation cause it's happening in a week and some change. Um, I mm-hmm. think May 5th is the, the date, the start date, but, um, first year was 2019. Like you mentioned, it was like mm-hmm. you, Casey Brown, Tony Seagrave, mm-hmm. Vero Sandler, like a full crew of shredders. What, what was it like year one going into that for you? <laughs> Like what what were your nerves like? How did you feel? I mean, I it's I watched the video, like the initial video again this morning when I was kind of prepping for this and I'm just like, Holy shit, this is so <laughs> this is like all of the best riders, like the best free riders in mountain biking at that time here for year one. Like just like just trying this thing. So talk to me about what the experience was like, year one, and then we'll kind of get yeah. into how it kind of progressed.
1: Yeah, that was in twenty nineteen. And at that time I was kind of just doing I was graduating from college I'd been doing some enduro racing and was like taking that a little more seriously like did some EWS races and then I got invited to this thing called formation by Katie Holden she's the she's the one who created it um she was like hey I'm doing this thing down in Utah in the fall and I want you to be there I can't really tell you what it is yet but put it on your calendar I was like okay cool I would be stoked to go ride in utah and i I like the riding down there and um at that time i had been posting some clips of some like more like gnarly free riding stuff i had been doing because i've all the whole time i was racing and like doing these ews races and stuff in my free time i was just like hitting jumps and riding gnarly stuff because that's just what i like to do and, but then I was just using the racing sort of as an outlet to be competitive and then also just like get to experience new riding zones and meet new people and stuff. And I, I thought it was really fun, but I definitely wasn't like training for racing. I was just like riding gnarly stuff and building jumps and like doing just riding trails that I thought were cool and posting some videos. So Katie kind of invited me because she had seen me posting these videos and like riding this more gnarly free ride stuff. And when I went to formation the first year, I didn't really know what we were doing or what the, the premise of the event was or the goals or we kind of just like, she was gathering this crew of ladies who were sort of respectively pursuing free ride um, in their own communities and brought us all together to ride in Utah, which is sort of like the iconic free ride mountain biking zone because of rampage and a lot of um mountain bike movies in the past have done segments there and it's just like the most incredible place to be free riding because it's like a playground for gnarly lines and big jumps and stuff um so we went there and we got to build our own lines on one of the old rampage core venues um built i got to build a sick line from top to bottom built with like big jumps and drops and some like super techie steep stuff and and got to do it with five other super badass women which was like the first time I've ever gotten to like do anything like that um and it was kind of like mind-blowing and such a like huge turning point in my trajectory as a mountain biker in like my career and like helped me sort of decide like what I wanted to do and pursue and it was like a big moment for me for sure and um, I also just loved it like getting to ride all that stuff and build cool lines. And yeah, it was really amazing.
0: Um, Yeah. So what was like, what year after year, how has it been? Like what's, I mean, 2021, what did it look like? What, how, how has that event kind of progressed? Because there's more people involved now, more people are invited. (laughs) Um, I saw the list of people that were invited for 2022 as well. Like, so what, what's the, what's the goal now and what's the goal for you?
1: Yeah, so the first year I didn't really know like what I was doing, but it turned out really awesome. And then year two I sort of had an idea for what I was getting myself into and like what I was, like my goals were and what I wanted to do. And because of the pandemic, we skipped formation in 2020. And in the, in the, the second year happened in the spring of 2021. Um, and there was a few more women there. So a couple new additions to the rider list. Um, and we all ha- had a, a bit more fire. Like we were more motivated to, you know, push our riding, do something gnarlier, push the sport more. Um, we all just like were a little more prepared versus that first year where it was kind of like, we're doing this thing. We don't really know how it's going to go, but we're going to give it a shot. And then year two, we were like, okay, we know what we're doing. We have these goals. We're, we're trying to really push limits free ride so yeah everything got amplified like the lines were gnarlier longer bigger better the, the riding was at a higher level um, the media was there was stronger and um yeah and i think we're kind of hoping to build off of that momentum for year three and just make it bigger and better um and keep pushing the sport there's like four new riders this year which is pretty huge because the first year we had six riders total and now we have 12. so awesome. it's doubled in size, which is pretty amazing. I think the first year like Katie even struggled a little bit to like find that group of six and now she's like easily finding 12 and like finding you know space to bring in people as dig support and we have like a full media team that's all women and like it's, it's pretty incredible like how much it's grown in just the three years that we've been doing the event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was psyched to see that there was like this type of format where you guys kind of get the spotlight, right? Like you get to showcase what you can do and it's on the same stuff that all the dudes are hitting. And it's like, it's proof of concept that you guys all fucking shred just as hard as the men. And there's no, like, (laughs) it's just a spotlight for you guys. And I, Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know, I props to Katie props to all of you that started off in year one, because you're pushing the bar for women's free ride so far, so fast. And I think mm-hmm. that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's been really cool. It's been a, yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride the last few years, but I'm super stoked on like yeah. how much progress we've made in a short amount of time. And it makes me even more stoked for where we'll be in the next few years and 10 years. And yeah, it's pretty awesome.
0: Is there? Do you have a peer that you look at and you're like, I I really enjoy watching this person ride, um, male, female, other? Like, uh, is there someone that you look at riding style wise and you uh, maybe not want to emulate them, but you like to take things from, or even just like to watch them ride?
1: Like who I draw inspiration from? Yeah. yeah there's a there's a lot of riders. Like I got to go to Dark Fest um, a few weeks ago, which is a big big jump bigger free ride event in South Africa and ride with all the people that I sort of watch on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I have to actually like hang out with the person and ride with them. So there's a ton of riders that I was inspired by. Like everyone kind of brings their own unique style and that's like the beauty of free ride is like everyone has a bit of their own flavor on it. Um, but like Someone right now that's been inspiring me a lot is like Robin Gooms. Like she's really kind of come onto the scene in the last few years and is like has a really cool style and is like definitely not afraid to be the first one to drop in and try something new, which is really admirable. And um, like Chelsea Kimball's another gal that's kind of been on fire recently. I got to do like a a movie segment with her for um TGR is the newest film that's coming out this summer and she was really pushing me in my riding while we were filming together were like yeah which was really cool um there's there's a ton of women I could go on that's so there's strange. a ton of of men too that are really inspiring to watch ride um yeah
0: yeah the scene is like is very alive and well right now <laughs> and I think that's abundantly clear to anybody who's watching it or paying attention. Yeah. Even just watching the bike checks and the amount of media that comes out of things like DarkFest, like chaos had like a pink haircut and a pink <laughs> yeah. bike. Like what I, I, I don't know. It's, I think the coverage is getting better of these events as media gets better. And as like drone footage gets better, you're starting to see some incredible, not that there wasn't a few years ago, but you're starting to see some super high level stuff come out of these events, you know, almost immediately. Right. And and I think yeah. that adds to the viewership and it adds to how much people give a shit about the sport and especially on the free uh, ride side of things. Right.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I hope like that there's girls, young girls out there that see this coverage media coverage and they see other women doing this stuff and they can draw inspiration from that. Like in the past, like there really weren't any, women doing this stuff or there was only a, a handful. Um, so I, I don't recall like when I was getting into biking, seeing women doing this stuff. So I'm like hoping that we can be that for the next generation that's watching this right right now as it's happening.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're one of my favorite people to watch Regard <laughs> like gender does not matter nearly as much as people make it to be, it's crazy. I. I'll yeah. never get over it. Like some of those people that were in that first round of formation was like, I love watching Tony race bikes. I love watching Barrow yeah. and the shit that they put out, like even on YouTube. And I like you send so fucking hard and it's so it, it's amazing to see. And it doesn't matter. And that's the thing that I think people kind of need to get through their heads a little more. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's happening, but mm-hmm. I, I it's just happening slow.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. It's actually one of the coolest things, like, at these events, when you see, like, uh, like little boys, are just, like, their minds are being blown watching <laughs> the I mean, My favorite rider is, you know, Vero, and it's, like, it's so cool. Like, I think, and that happened, like, at the event I hosted last year called Hangtime, which was here in Bellingham. We did, like, a women's jump jam on our big jump line called Blue Steel, which is a local... Um, jump line here, and there were so many like boys that were watching the girls shred, in their minds were just like so blown, like watching that, which was so cool to see. It's
0: it's so sick. <laughs> I I hope the support continues to be there for for everybody and all athletes. Like I'm always a, uh, we push pretty hard around here for people to get paid and people to get the support that they need. Like especially the gender conversation to me is so. I say irrelevant and not in the sense of like, it doesn't matter because it does matter. Right. But it shouldn't matter as much as people make it out to be. And I think everybody just like need to get paid. Everybody needs the same amount of support. And you're like, your proof, for example, that like with a little bit of support and the right like location, you can go riding, you get a bike, you can fucking rip. It's been, I still am not over the six year thing. Like It's so, it's so insane to me. And I can't, I, and props to you. I can't get over how humble you are about it. Like it, that's not a thing that people do. I've been writing for a long time, Hannah, and I am absolute trash. <laughs> like it is not, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to be self-deprecating. I'm just saying like that level of progression is insane. And what's even more insane is how humble you are about it.
1: I appreciate it. I mean, I, I also give credit to, you know, having the privilege to, you know, be close to these trails and like having a family that has like, you know, introduced me to mountain biking and action sports at a young age and all those things. But, um, yeah, I also really love it. So I think that helps quite a bit.
0: (laughs) For sure. Is it, do you find it, do you ever find it? And I only ask this question because I, like I told you before, I hate listening to my own voice all the time. Like, and I hate talking about myself all the time. Do you, do you like doing media? Do you like talking about yourself? Do you like, is that stuff hard for you to do? And I only ask again, because I personally am someone who sits in a chair and talks into a microphone all the time, yet (laughs) hates doing it. Right. And I like, the only reason I started doing it was because I was like, I don't like what's being put out there. So I guess this, I have the same question for you that I asked myself a few years ago is, do you, do you enjoy doing the media side of it? Do you enjoy talking about yourself, promoting yourself, because that's such a big part of being an athlete.
1: Yeah, totally. It is a huge part of being an athlete. It's like learning how to promote yourself. And um, I like primarily love just riding, but like just, <laughs> the media side of it has grown on me. So like I would prefer just to go ride and shred with my friends. But yeah. um, like the creative part of like, you know, doing, performing your best. So like doing your best, trick or jump when it matters like when the camera's rolling when you have the photo photographer there or whatever when the conditions are right is also like a challenge that I enjoy like
0: yeah
1: that's a cool aspect of free ride like it's kind of similar to racing like you got to do your fastest run when the clock's running yeah um, but it's a little different in that um yeah you're trying to perform at your at your best when it matters and um so I, th- I think I like that that creative and challenging side of
0: it yeah Um, is it it. is it similar in like in skiing they always talk about skiing for the camera right like Mm and basically that just means like you're skiing down a line and then you stop and you wait for the light to be right and then Mm -hmm. you wait and you do more standing around than you actually do skiing does that happen a lot with mountain biking too is it the same bit
1: yeah for sure we call it fake biking (laughs) (laughs) where you're just like hitting a a little trail feature like over and over again just to like get a cool photo or something or like filming a the same segment of trail like over and over and just like making it look cool even though you're not like actually shredding But, but that's only a small part of it like most of most of the time you're actually like riding and yeah doing stuff that you're stoked on for media content or whatever
0: yeah more i feel like more video content comes out from from biking than from skiing and i feel like that's probably part of it too like instagram is full of people getting sick pow shots all the time but you know you go to pink bike and every single day there's a new video of somebody hitting something fucking crazy and i just feel like the the photography aspect is sick but the video aspect is far superior in in riding than it is in photo and i feel like photo you probably have to do that shot over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. again to get it right right so i i don't know um so one of the last things i have for you is bike talk like i kind of want to talk about your setup i want to talk about what you run what you ride on the daily um and then how it differs when you go to a competition like a bigger free ride competition like when you talk about dark fest or you talk about formation Mm -hmm. or any free ride competition how your setup differs from what you ride normally
1: yeah. Um cool. I like, yeah. I'm still sort of like always playing with this. Like it's something that I'm always like learning and adjusting. And like I have the privilege to work for a bike company, so I get to try a bunch of different bikes and suspension setups and stuff. And like I have sponsors that help me with parts. And so I, I yeah, I get to try a lot of different things. But um yeah, for like something like formation or dark fest, you have to run your bike very different than you would for like a downhill race like a racer um would, would set up their bike um super differently so like when i'm at home riding trails um like you're focused on you want your bike to feel like it has traction and that it's um you know has good suspension feel like it's absorbing the bumps and making the, the ride feel better for you like as you're riding the trail and Um, But like when you go hit massive jumps and like where the trail is completely smooth, you don't have the same needs. Like there's no bumps in the trail. So you don't need your suspension to be working um, like at at that level. You just want it to set you up to um, be really consistent and stable so that when you're hitting super massive jumps or gnarly stuff at high speeds, nothing weird happens. And you can trust that your bike's going to do exactly what you expect it to do. So, like, to give you some numbers for comparison, like, when I'm riding trails at home on my downhill bike, I run, like, um, 25 PSI in the tires. And then at, like, Dark Fest, I was running, like, 45 PSI. Oh, really? and yeah. And that's to have, like, a ton of speed. So, like, you have better rolling resistance for the hitting the big jumps to make sure you're going the right speed um and that your tires don't like squirm off the lip or do anything weird because if they like flexed weird like while you're going you know 30 miles an hour off of the lips you know you could get (laughs) pushed or something weird could happen um and for formation i'll run something like in the middle like 35 probably because you don't need it to be like super stiff for riding in utah but you definitely want it to be stiffer and more like free ride setup so that's Um, tire pressure but then like suspension it's kind of the same like for riding trails you want it to be supple and soft and so i'll run like uh on my downhill bike uh 350 400 pound coil for riding trails here and then when i go to formation i run like a 500 or 550 Mm -hmm. and then for like dark fest i was running like a 600 pound spring so quite a big range yeah Uh,
0: depending on what you're doing it's crazy that yeah. you can run all that on the same bike and it, it'll get yeah. totally different feels. I think people don't necessarily realize how much people change their setup from bit to bit and even mm-hmm. things as small as tire pressure, right? Like I think, especially if you're new to this, you know, the side of your tire says 50 PSI or some shit like that, right? Like if you mm-hmm. buy like a Maxxis Minion, it says 50 PSI. I think people take that as a rec- or as a recommendation to what they should be running their tires at I all the time. That. And like it's versus, most of the time you could be running 20 and probably be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, actually kind of on this topic, I have a somewhat random question, but I'm always curious for, from someone who hits bigger shit, like how do we feel about Cush core tire inserts, that kind of shit? Is that something you run? Is that something you find beneficial?
1: Um, I ran it when I was racing a little bit. Um, because the, my thought was if I got a flat in my race run, I would still be able to finish mm. the the run and like, still get like a half decent time or whatever. Whereas if you actually got a flat tire and didn't have a tire insert, you would be riding on a fully flat tire. Um, But I was changing my tires often enough that it was super annoying to have (laughs) to deal with the insert. And I just kind of gave up eventually and like haven't really run it in a few years. I just kind of, I just do tubeless um, and that works pretty well for me.
0: Yeah. And what are you running for a bike? You're running a TR 11?
1: I have a tier 11. Yep. I just got a new aluminum frame, which I'm pretty stoked on. Um, yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, last question I have for you is when you're skiing, what, uh, what do you run your DINs at?
1: Uh, (laughs) Oh, I think I run like 10 maybe. Okay, cool. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. sure.
0: It's been a staple question that we've been asking everybody. So I'm I'm keeping a running tally of what everybody's run their DINs at. And since you are, uh, yeah, you can let me know. You can let me know if it's wrong and you're running them at 14 or whatever the fuck. Like it's-
1: I think 10 sounds right. Yeah, I just got some new um, stuff, stuff this year and I set up my bindings and I'm pretty sure that's what I ended up at. What'd you get? Um, I got some K2 skis, the, um,
0: the Reckoner. Oh, Reckoner's sick.
1: And I got some of those uh, cast. Fuck yeah. The pivot. The yeah, yeah, pivot yeah, one, yeah yeah they're, they're pretty sweet i only got to ski a little bit on them because our winter was a little weird but
0: sick um was... that's awesome uh, I got some park skis too. yeah right what'd you get for a full park ski
1: i got um uh the k2 <laughs> ones that the freestyle site people are wanting the
0: misconduct site uh
1: they're blue and red oh and... poacher poacher. Yep. Yeah. That's
0: it. Cool. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to get into ski talk. I didn't think, and I didn't prep you for <laughs> ski gear talk. So
1: I'm as dialed know. with my ski gear talk as I am with the bike stuff.
0: <laughs> that's all good. Um, Hannah, where can people find you on Instagram, on the internet? Um, if people want to connect with you, where, how do they do that? How do they find you? Yeah.
1: Instagram's the best for sure. Um, it's just my name, uh, Hannah Bergman.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate the time.